This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for once again. Tuning into another edition of the Ball on Blast podcast. This week we're, we're doing something a little special, you know? The NBA draft is going on, so we decided that we're going to save our pod and, and start recording a little bit into the draft. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined on the line with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what's good? Woo, got through the lottery. I think we're all, uh, we're all in one piece. Uh, the, the fashion too. We got to talk about fashion. What, uh, Sheldon? What happened? What happened to socks? <laughs> <laughs> socks went out of style. We'll get to socks in a second, Webby. That's that's your hot button issue off the that's top. My hey, hot sock. take right now, man, is that there's I'm seeing a lot of ankles on the on the draft floor here. We will get to ankles in a second, but I'm also going to introduce another member of the team. You've seen Q. Obviously, Q is on board when we did the uh, Raps post game shows as well. Q's joining in as well for a little draft night talk. Q, what's up? I had to take a little break after the Raptors disappointed me. Um, but I'm back, back, back to talk basketball. You're that hurt, eh? Uh, Bouncing yes. back. I like to bounce back. Yeah, I have to bounce back. I have to bounce back. <laughs> so, as mentioned, it's draft night in the NBA. And I got to be honest, guys, this is one of my favorite nights on the M- of the NBA calendar. Just because NBA Twitter is lit. Uh, there's trades, there's drafts, every team has hopes, right? Like free agency around the corner, like a week away. So there's all those kind of rumors percolating in the air. It's great. Exactly. We know that free agency, you know, what happens tonight will also play a role in free agency, especially when you're talking about what could or what might happen with LeBron James. There's just so much going on right now. And oh, your boy Dante DiVincenzo just got drafted to the Bucks. bit of a reach i guess uh he's gonna like i guess delhi is gone right because dante divincenzo is just like a more athletic delhi yeah he's ready to cook i like that pick for the bucks but before we get there you know uh, as we mentioned the draft is still going on as we started to record but vincenzo just went at number 17 to the milwaukee bucks the big ragu that's his nickname (laughs) that's a dope (laughs) national champion too you know like you gotta like Jay Wright's been having a pretty good first round here. I can't. I'm, I'm I can't not a fan that. of this guy either because he broke my heart. My Michigan yeah. fan. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't realize what I was doing here. I, I realize now in the moment that he was a Michigan guy, and Webby, obviously the Philly guy, loves his Villanova. This was not. This was done by accident. I did not do this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get the big German uh, drafted here soon. Q, I promise. He's gonna go. He's gonna yeah, go. Yeah, Wagner. but as mentioned so yeah right now the draft is still going on as we're taping this but the meat is done there might be some trades that trickle out while we're going on but let's go back to the very top of the draft guys and i want to just go through and get your take on each guy because i think you know we kind of knew where the guys were going especially because Woj tweeted out the first six picks from like this afternoon but You know, I kind of want to go through each guy and just see what what your thoughts are, just just about each guy that went drafted, especially starting at number one with DeAndre Ayton going to the Suns. What's your take on Ayton? How well do you think he'll fit not only with the Suns but in the NBA? Q, I'll ask you first, man. Um, it's a good pick for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I actually like the pick. 
I'm surprised because all you over here is that the center position is kind of gone from the NBA. The big, the big, there's no more bigs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The last couple centers or big men that were drafted, if you're thinking, you know, other than maybe Embiid, who finally is, is showing something, yeah. have, have not really materialized in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought the NBA would have moved away from drafting the seven foot center number yeah. one overall. No, yeah. Uh, Do you like Aiden ab- Webby? You're absolutely right, Q. It's so weird in today's NBA the way that things are going in terms of what successful teams are looking to put on the floor with a starting five and the versatility that you need to have to really be successful. And the first two picks are like old school pound the ball offensive centers with post games you know and not even not even necessarily good defensive centers right like bomba didn't go until six and i thought he's got a leg up defensively on both ayton and bagley who went one two it's weird that these gms they see the nba changing in front of them and yet some of them are still so slow to kind of get with the times almost and sorry just said maybe that's why it's the suns and and King in one and two, right? It's super weird to me, man. I mean, you guys brought it up, but when you look at the NBA finals, you look at the top teams that are in the league and you're talking obviously Golden State, you're talking Houston, you're talking the Cavs. It's almost like the goal, the way that the Cavs were able to catch up or Houston was able to catch up was with this positionless basketball, right? Yeah. You have guys that are like between 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, to 6'9"-ish, you know? Yeah, you can yeah. switch screens on defense perimeter oriented guys that can hit threes, shoot and if that's like the wave of the nba right now i didn't understand why in this draft the focus was on a guy like deandre Ayton. because i understand if you think this guy is like you know even like a rookie dwight howard meaning like the young beast in dwight howard or if you think it's anthony davis or boogie like someone of that elk i don't really think deandre Ayton is that guy am i am i wrong no definitely i don't think he's that guy um I did did he did he did play a little power forward in college mm-hmm. because I believe Arizona yeah. did have another seven big seven footer. And he did right, say right. that he was playing out of position, yeah. right? He said that in college he was playing out of position, and so he didn't really get to show exactly everything that he believes he can do. And that's why the rim protection was down too on his part as well. What what do you make of that though, Webby? Just like the counter to the trend of what the NBA is, and how's DeAndre Ayton fit into that with Phoenix? It's really funny too. We talk about those centers who have kind of gone early uh, in the NBA draft, right? So you think of Embiid, Porzingis, and Anthony Davis, and a lot of what their skills were predicated on were how great they are defensively, and you know, rim protection is another big part of what the NBA is all about right now. You have to have rim protection. You have to be able to come up with key blocks at key times. And so again, like you're looking at these two guys and you're like, yeah, they have all the low post offensive skills available to them and they're great around the basket. But with Bagley and Aiton, it's now like we've been saying, Aiton was playing a little bit out of position, but the, the defensive lockdown ability of those first two guys selected, I just, I don't really see it, and I didn't really see it in university either. Definitely. Like, one of the things that stuck out to me was I, I was reading up on uh, just, like, some of the what the scouts were saying, and one of the things I read was Aiton will have to work on his defensive engagement. Anytime the word, like, engagement mm-hmm. or motor is something that I have to worry about in terms of a kid coming into college, like, if you're not motivated to – because that's effort, right? 
And if you're not motivated to show effort and engagement when you're trying to make millions of dollars, how does that translate to when you are making millions of dollars, right? Like all of a sudden, then you're going to be extra motivated to go hard. I don't know. I, I don't really like that. The other thing is, too, on that Suns team, who is there to kind of lock that kid's focus in? You know, exactly. exactly. Does he have a big brother on that team? It's a weird team, man. I mean, Devin Booker, it's, it's, I don't know. How, how do you feel the pieces fit just in terms of Josh Jackson they have yeah. on that roster? Well, I mean, you know, he, he does have Tyson Chandler to maybe. Maybe Tyson Chandler can be that yeah. guy for for a year. He's a good vet. Really Tyson good Chandler is a good vet, a grown up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know he, he maybe that's the guy, but you know this in this day in of this age, the NBA those those guys, you know those Charles Oakleys and Kevin Garnetts. There's not too many of them around. <laughs> right. Right. Last of a dying breed. What's my what? favorite KG quote? He's like, "You can't buy a six pack of Beast at the corner store. It doesn't yeah. work like that." Exactly. I, no, I messed it up. He's like, uh, "It. You either have it or you don't. You can't just buy a six pack of Beast at the corner store. It don't work like that." Yeah. <laughs> I love that KG did you quote. Hear, uh, before we move on from this, did you listen to? Um... Uh, Oak was on Bill Simmons podcast. Tell me, I listen. did. I was halfway through that. I didn't get through the whole thing, but it is amazing. He was some shots at KG from Charles Oakley too. Yeah, he's straight calling him a studio gangster. Yes, he's yes. fake tough guy. Like Oak was not holding punches in that thing at all. It's a great listen for real mm-hmm. NBA fans because Oak Oak is just straight taking it back and talking about like, nah, he's not tough. Yeah, not like yeah. just straight calling out dudes. It is a great listen. Also, too, sticking with Bill Simmons. Uh, there's a great uh, doc that aired last night or two nights ago on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch that? It's so dope. It's called Courtside with the NBA or Courtside at the NBA Finals. I think that's what it's called. But it's on HBO. I'm pretty sure it's on demand, so you should be able to find it. But it's a really good – it's like a doc following like the series. So you get like the stuff that happened in the game, but there's also behind-the-scenes stuff. He does a lot of different interviews with a bunch of different people. While the finals is going on, for basketball heads, basketball nerds, it's a great watch. Really good watch. Check that out. It's like uh, America's game for the NBA kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, DeAndre Ayton overall, to to be honest, for me, I'm the way that I look at this draft, and just as we move on from Ayton to the next pick here, I just don't like, I just don't like the, the look of taking a center. And if that's the move right now in the NBA, like I feel like unless you are a, a, a lockdown defender or you're that athletic rim runner, like a Clint Capella, either of those things, I'm not taking with the first overall pick in the draft. Right. Yeah. That's right. just me. I'm looking for a guy that can get buckets. Now, maybe as we move on to the second pick in the draft, Bagley is a big guy, but Bagley is probably a lot more offensively skilled than Aiton is. And he went number two, the Sacramento Kings. After the Kings, for the most part, I felt were rumored to be taking Doncic, right? Or Doncic, sorry. Right? But like all of a sudden, I think starting yesterday, maybe more into today, the talk went that they were deciding on Bagley. What do you make, Webby, of the Kings taking Bagley with the number two pick. Very weird because didn't the Kings hire the Slovenian coach or something? No, that's the Suns. The, that's the, the Suns. No, that's the Suns. Yeah, yeah the right. Suns hired hired the coach from uh, the Slovenian national team. Yeah, right. So a couple of days ago, I guess Vivek and Vladi released a, a photo that they had with Doncic that they had taken a couple of months ago. So I thought, 
I thought yeah, it was uh, Vivek's son, right? Vivek's son, right. So I thought they were pulling the okie doke on everybody. I thought they were telling everybody Bagley, and then when it came to the night, they were gonna take Doncic. But don't doesn't the don't the Kings already have like four players the same as Marvin Bagley? Or am I crazy? Here's pretty much. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? To me, I know what you're saying because let me bring up the Kings roster so that. You know, we can fully go through oh, this. Yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. right but now. But here's the thing. I know, I know you're talking Willie <laughs> Cauley-Stein. You're talking uh, uh, Scal. Scal of Yeah, I know I know what you're saying, right? Justin but, Jackson. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing. None of those guys are, like, that great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. None of those guys are that great. And so, no, but here's the thing. So, you can't – you got to go into – to me, if that's the case and your team is just not that good – and you have nobody that you're like, hey, this is a key building block, you have to head into every single draft by taking the best player available. You right. can't worry about, well, I can't take this guy because I have this guy. Because, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein isn't that good. Scalabissier isn't that good. You know, but Justin Jackson isn't that good. Right. you got to bring a bunch of these guys in and hope someone pops. And Webby, you might relate to this as a Sixers fan, right? Because we've seen it work with the Sixers. They took... Right. Year after year, they took Nerlens Noel. Yep. They took Okafor. They took Embiid, and obviously Embiid's the one that worked. But imagine if they said we're not taking. Imagine the Webby if they said I'm not taking Embiid because we already have Okafor. Right. But it's about finding the value in those picks to be able to turn them into assets, right? And the pro the problem with the Kings is that I don't know if you can. You look at that roster. I don't know if you can turn a Harry Giles into anything at this point. I don't know if you can turn Scal into anything at this point. No. Well, the, the, the thing with them is, just like we were saying, what what when you do have a big man, I think um, dude from Kentucky, Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein is that more defensive-minded guy. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe he'll be a good fit with Bagley. Okay. So that kind of makes sense. I could but, yeah, I, I, I had them having taken Doncic too. And, you know, I was reading reading earlier in the week that Apparently the owner was in love with Doncic, but Vladi was the one that wanted Bagley. Oh, so I guess the basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. mind took over. And if if that's the case, you got to credit Vivek, right? Because he's been known the the rep that he has so far is that he will step in and say, no, no, right. no, this is who I want. And right. he's not a really a basketball guy as much as he is just a rich dude, right? That yeah. likes basketball, right. exactly. Right, Webby? Like, what do you what do you make of that? Like, I mean, we we talked about. Taking, taking the best player available, wasn't the best player available a two Doncic? How do, I mean, it depends on how you how you look at Doncic, but I'll say this much. I'll say this much, okay? If the Phoenix Suns hired Doncic's national coach, right? right. Vladi is also, isn't Vladi also Slovenian? Yeah. And you those two guys, no, sorry. I, I don't want to get that wrong and come off as being like super sure. racist, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think he played for Yugoslavia, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes, so, and because it's split so into... So it's split, so yes, he's yes, yes, one yes, of the yes. two. Ser Serbians. Yeah. So, let's, let's not upset our Serbians. Yeah, I'm not trying I'm, to... Yeah. I know, Demir, my buddy, our buddy Demir will get at me for this if he ever listens to it, the fact that I messed that up. But, you know, what I'm trying to get at is those two dudes pass up on Doncic. You know, that kind of... That's a red flag to me, No. 
Like, if he's that legit, if he's that real deal, right. his coach for sure is going to rep for him when he's in Phoenix. Right. And I'm not saying that the coach didn't do that. Obviously, we're not in the room. Maybe the coach did say something, and, you know, he's new. So he got outruled. He got outvoted. But I don't know. I just think that if the hype is is that real, one of Vladdy or his national team coach is going to rep for Doncic, and he's not going to fall to three. Yeah. If the hype is real, as all these people are trying to tell me, you know, I don't know. That's just me. I think maybe Vladdy's been in the States too long, so he's not. He's more American and, and wants the American college kid. Over, he's not one of those guys that's going to look and see, you know, Bargnani average 2.8 points a game, but he's, he's got skill. Are we here I, doing the, are we here yeah, doing I the have, typical, I have the to typical bring, I, all I, European big guys are all the same? Is that, is that what we're here doing? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is these guys, <laughs> these guys, when they come from Europe, yeah, you know, a lot of their, uh, a lot of their tape is from like the under 17 national right. championships. Right. But when they play for these club teams, yeah. they don't start. They he don't. Did. He did. He did start, but they don't. There are th- like there are thirty year old men over there that are just not going to take take it from a from a nineteen year old kid, right? Like right. they're gonna they're gonna get the ball. That's the thing about Doncic is that he's he was eighteen and he won MVP, Final Four MVP, Championship Game MVP, and won the championship. Like as an eighteen year old man, like like you say, he's been playing against thirty year old men for like two years. Yeah, you're right. He, he's put in work. And, you know, the whole, you know, point forward thing that we've seen in the in the NBA, you know, you have these like six, eight guys with handles. And, you know, the 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 weirdest thing I've heard is at this is a quote from an executive in the NBA says, at worst, he'll be as good as Joe Ingles. At best, Donchish might be a six, eight Steve Nash. <laughs> Listen, you know how much I love Joe Ingles. <laughs> no, but that's a wide gap, though. <laughs> like, that's a massive yeah, gap. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm like, I kind of understand where Vladdy's coming from here because it's going to be one of those things where, follow me for a second, if Vladdy takes Bagley and Bagley doesn't do well, you can put that on Bagley. Yep. If Don, if Vladdy takes Doncic and Doncic doesn't do well, Vladdy's going to get crushed. Very much. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think the the way that the Kings have been going, Vladdy needs a win, yeah. <laughs> right? The Kings yeah. need a win. They've been in the lottery for how long? Obviously, Boogie's the only good player they've drafted, and they were unable to put people around him, so right. that didn't even really work. But do you know what I mean, Webby? Like, do you think it was a risk to take Doncic? They need a win. Like, they need more than a win. They need like fifty wins this season because because their pick. Their pick goes to the Celtics, and if it's number one, it goes to the Sixers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's It'll be crazy, man. But the thing I like about Bagley, and the one thing to remember, is Duke players, I feel like you always get a weird assessment of how good they actually are because of the way that Coach K runs right. his program. Like, I I forget. Like, I don't want to I, – I wrote it down, and I wanted to remember to get this in, but – if you remember the the game that Duke lost, who did they lose to in the tournament? Duke lost, and it came down. They lost an OT, but at the end of regulation, they're running ISO plays for Grayson Allen. Yeah, right. And that was like they gave Grayson like it was like they gave Grayson Allen the ball like it was the Cavs giving it to LeBron at the end of the game. Except LeBron is the best player on the Cavs. Grayson Allen was not the best player on Duke. Right. And so it's always a weird thing where you see how someone might play in college, but now 
their game might be better suited for the NBA or, you know, the hierarchy, the food chain is a lot more clear in the NBA. And so we'll see what Bagley and maybe more importantly, his teammate Carter Jr., right? They might be better prospects in the league. We might see much better action from them in the league than we saw from them in college, right? Because of Coach K's restrictions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to remember Coach K is only now buying into the one and done guy mm-hmm. where he where he fought against it for so long. Yeah. So these guys are now going to do, but at the same time, yeah, he's still like, I want my my juniors and my seniors are gonna run the show. Yeah. Right? When the I, chips I like are tradition. down, that's who's gonna get the ball. I think that's a good fit for Bagley though, man. They got a lot of young kids. I think it'll it's an interesting place for him. Yeah. But it'll it'll be interesting to see. And I I'm, I'm to be honest, Bagley, if if I'm drafting Bagley probably would have went first overall. To me, I think he is the best prospect in a draft, in my opinion. I probably would have taken Bagley just be over Aiton and definitely over Doncic. I would have had Doncic one and then Bamba two. I'm not mad at Mo at all yeah. either. He definitely would have been higher on, on my draft board as well. But we will get to him. Let's 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 try to keep going in order. We kind of okay. just talked. I, I was just, I was just about to jump to number fourteen. You were talking about. <laughs> See, getting too far okay, ahead. Let's go, let's so go. at number three, Luka Doncic, and we obviously just talked about him a little bit, but he's comes over. Uh, from Slovenia, but obviously we just saw he was putting in mega work yeah. overseas. They won the Euro League. What did they win? They won. They won, uh, the, the, they won the both. Like I guess the the league championship. The league championship, and, and then yeah, like they're like equivalent. Soccer. Like yeah, they're soccer. equivalent the to like the Champs League, league yeah. the Champions League. Yeah, and again, the big thing is that he's six eight, two twenty eight, but he's a kid playing yeah. with men. And as Q mentioned earlier. That doesn't really happen overseas, right? Unless you're you're real deal, you're legit. And the thing that really gets me about Doncic, and I know you guys are going to crush me, but I don't like the gassing that happens sometimes, right? Because we always need to try to compare these guys to someone that we know. And everything that I saw thrown out, and it, it was by ESPN, so it's like reputable people. But they were like, this guy reminds me of a cross between James Harden and Manu Ginobili. And I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I'm not buying that. Like let's slow down a little here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and so that, that's my thing. And maybe like I took that to heart too much and that's why he's further down on my list. But what did you guys think of Doncic? What do you think I Webby? Love, I love his game. I like, I like, I like a guy that big who's got that many skills. Uh, somebody who can, you know, not just finish, but pass and hit from distance, man. Like, again, we talk about the new NBA and having a 6'8", 6'9", point forward who can shoot, yes, please. Put him on my team. I don't care where I don't care where he's from, especially he's been playing against men for the last two years. And at 18, he's still got incredibly – he's got nothing but promise ahead of him. He'll soak up NBA coaching like a sponge. And then they deal him to Dallas where not only does he have – uh, Dirk Nowitzki helping him out, but he's got one of the best coaches in the NBA in Rick Carlisle. And that's the thing too. Obviously I didn't mention it. So thanks for bringing that up. Webby Doncic does get drafted third, but his rights were traded to Dallas. And I think that really helps him a lot more. Like I feel, you know, I didn't really like Doncic as a prospect, but I feel like going to Dallas where Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the league, obviously. Right. Uh, Mark Cuban is an owner that's known to, spend whatever it is he feels that you know his players might need whether it's bringing in extra shooting coaches or whatever cuban's going to do that from an organizational standpoint and then 
He gets to learn under Dirk. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So and in th- terms of like a spot, a landing spot, that's perfect. a great spot that's for Luka Doncic in, in my in my opinion because it could have gone the complete opposite way going to Atlanta and playing with who Bazemore and Schroeder yeah. probably, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, exactly. Huge difference. Great, great pickup for, so I got, for him in that sense. So I got two points. One is going to Dallas does take a lot of pressure off of him. You got Harrison Barnes, right. who's your scorer. Right. You got you got Dennis Smith Jr., who's your point guard. So in both his shooting and his ball handling, he has another guy there mm-hmm. to kind of take some of the pressure off of him. Yeah. Great point. Um, great point. And then the second point was I remember saying like the draft for the NBA, and I guess the NHL as well, the draft is kind of like a prelude to the offseason, two, two free agency. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they didn't take a Bomba or a, another big, maybe Mark Cuban um, has, he, I remember seeing, he has his eyes set on both uh, cousins, DeAndre, yeah. and uh, there's another big there's man. another big available? Cousins, DeAndre. Uh, those are the two big ones. Yeah, I know. Those are the there's, two. There's, those are two. The other one was... Uh, is it a drop? Randall from from oh, the from, from from the oh, Lakers, the Lakers. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that's that was that was his, like his top three mm-hmm. aims for free agency. Yeah. So maybe he thinks he's getting one of them. That'd be a big pickup if they got Boogie Cousins. I think that's a that's a huge pickup for the the Mavs. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I have faith in Rick Carlisle again. Yeah. He is by far one of the best coaches in the league. And it's got to be tough for the Dallas Mavericks, who Cuban has come out and said multiple times, correct me if I'm wrong, Webby, but Cuban's come out and didn't he get fined for talking about tanking, yeah. basically admitting yeah. that they were trying to yeah. tank. Yeah. But again, Carlisle's such a good coach, right? They're winning probably too many games to get up into that area where you're able to get one of the top guys. So now they saw their chance. Hey, they shot, shoot their shot, right? Yeah. Take the guy who... I'm in the minority. I said I didn't like Doncic as a prospect. I'm in the minority. Yeah. Everyone else is raving about this guy. So yeah. shout out to Dallas for moving up and taking their guy, right? Yeah. Uh, let's let's keep the train moving here, and we'll go to number four. And Jaron Jackson Jr. out of Michigan State goes number four to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Again, another, another guy that I thought with the skill set that he has, mm-hmm. what he showed just as a freshman in college, thought he would go higher than four. There's a lot of people that thought he could be the best player in the draft. And for some reason, there were, I think, like maybe the upside of Aiton, the upside of Doncic was the thing. Whereas, like, Jaron Jackson is is great, don't get me wrong, but I feel like people get get mystified by upside a yeah. little too much. That, that's right? the NBA draft. Is, they is get mesmerized what by they that could incident. be, not what they are. Exactly. Yeah. And Jackson already fits into that. I know he's, he's 6'11", but he fits into what I was talking about in terms of, you know, he can knock down a three in college. Will it transfer to the yeah. NBA? Maybe. We'll see. But he's a solid three-point shooter. He's a guy that can stretch the floor. He's, again, 6'11", super athletic, rebounds his position well. He's a great defender, which is the biggest part, I think, of today's NBA. Being able to switch out on the guards and not lock down a guard, but... At least be able be to able guard to... them. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you see from? Did you catch a lot of Michigan State this year, Webby, or what? 
Well, I did because you know preseason they were ranked really high, and I love watching uh, I love watching Miles Bridges. I think he was just one of the more fun players to watch in the in the NCAA. So I did end up watching quite a bit at Michigan State, and Jaron Jackson he really did pop off the screen to me a little bit, you know, uh, just the way that he could lock down and shoot the ball. I thought you know for a guy that size to be able to shoot like that. Again, really transferable to the NBA. Now, my question for you guys is, do you think that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. being the son, obviously, of Jaron Jackson, an NBA champion with the Spurs, do you think that that, uh, do you think that that is a benefit for him? Oh, of course, definitely, definitely. Yeah, there's no negative that can come from that, right? Hold on, I I can't lie, I'm massively distracted right now because the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz just took Grayson Allen, which might just be the most perfect thing ever. Like, I really think, where else is he gonna go? It's so, it's so not surprising. Yeah, it was either Boston or Utah, right? Like, it just makes way too much sense that that's a thing that would happen, right? Oh, Donovan Mitchell's so ha- like get out of here, Utah. Yeah. Like, uh anyway, sorry, <laughs> Webby, I, I interrupted you. But Jaron Jackson having a dad that played in the NBA that can't be a negative, right? I guess the only right. person that turned into, well, not even I was going to say Austin Rivers, but Austin Rivers' dad made him stanky rich, so <laughs> that was also <laughs> that was also a huge positive, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, Jaron Jackson, your dad is a is a vet, played a lot of years. I think like twelve years in the yeah, NBA, 12, 12, 13 over thirteen years, years. has a yeah, championship. Yeah. The mom, the, even the mom has a ring. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. That was awesome. So that that can only help, right? And yeah. I think you you look at things like that in in the NBA and and the trickle down effect that you can get from your dad, but also one of the things that we saw was just the fact that a lot of these guys, their dads were really big in their development throughout the years, right? And getting them to the NBA and, yeah. you know, hey, go out and practice, take those extra shots, go do this, work on that, you know? And I think that's huge. Yeah. And his dad went undrafted. So it's not like his his dad was a, is a, exactly. is a Hall of Famer. His dad knows the hard work, work that hard. needs to be put in exactly. to get you to that level. So, exactly. So uh, let's move on here and... Obviously, the fifth pick was the Dallas Mavericks, but as we mentioned, this was a trade with the Atlanta Hawks for Doncic. So the Mavs took Trey Young, but Trey Young obviously is going to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are a dumpster fire right now of an organization, I think. Yes. But Trey Young was one of the more interesting people in this draft, just in terms of, you know, the year that he had from the start of the year, the way that he bursts onto the scene all the Steph Curry comparisons, obviously. And then he became overrated, right? Yeah. Like he just had a crazy like extremes. But what do you what do you make of Trey Young, Webby? And what do you make of Trey Young in Atlanta? Well, I, I think you talked about uh, Doncic going to Dallas and it being a great fit for him in terms of, you know, like the pressure of being in a winning situation right there, right away, not going to be so much fall on his head. And I think the same way with Trey Young. Like, literally, Trey Young can walk into Atlanta tomorrow and just start bombing threes. I mean, it's not like he's going to be stepping on anybody's toes, really. Schroeder? No? You're not repping for Schroeder? I think Schroeder's gone. I think Schroeder's gone. I was being sarcastic, even if Schroeder was there. They have been trying to trade Schroeder. I just don't see somebody taking Schroeder making $16 million a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for Trey Young, man, because here's the thing. As much as I... As you know, Ball on Blast fans will know, I hate on the Warriors every single chance I get. 
But at the end of the day, Steph Curry's style of basketball is super interesting. It's super fun to watch. Like, you know, and so having another version of that, even if it's the poor man Steph Curry, like that's fun to watch. And uh, one of the things I talked about a couple weeks ago as well was in this modern NBA, we focus less on what people do on the defensive end because I've been saying this for a while. The NBA now is a, in the regular season especially is almost like a glorified run. People don't play defense. It's like a, a glorified scrimmage. People don't play defense like lockdown, hard defense. It's all fast break. It's all pull-up threes. It's all like iso ball, spacing, blow by my guy. Nobody else is coming over to help. And and Trey Young, I think, he might be better served in the NBA. Like his game might be better suited for the NBA in yeah. that instance, no? That's a good point, you know. Uh, the range definitely is going to help him out in the NBA game. I'm just worried about the size, though, you know. Uh, I'm worried about him trying to get that shot up in the pro game because I think that's kind of what set him back a little bit as the season wore on in college last year was that, you know, teams would really start to close out on him, really focus on making sure that he couldn't get that shot up. And then now in the NBA, he's going to be dealing with just a lot more size and a lot more speed than he was playing in the Big 12. But I think, at the, I mean, he is going to Atlanta, so take that into consideration with what I'm about to say. But at Oklahoma, it was him against the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's In true. Atlanta, he's playing with NBA talent, so you can't send four guys at him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. And, then, and it was the same thing was said about Steph, right? Yeah. Steph didn't come into the league. Everybody thought he was going to be the MVP. And I say this all That's the time, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this all the time, too. Steph isn't Steph without Clay Thompson and Draymond, right? And I know that sounds crazy because we're talking about a two-time MVP. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Steph's allowed to be Steph because Clay Thompson will guard the other team's perimeter player yeah. or the best perimeter player or the other team's point guard or whatever, right? Steph can dance on the perimeter and go one-on-one at guys because Clay Thompson, you can't double off Clay Thompson because he'll knock down that three. So a lot of this does play into the fact of where you end up going, right? And Atlanta, I don't know if that's a good place for him, man. I was worried about him going to Orlando because I thought (laughs) that was a cesspool for just garbage as well. But Atlanta might not be better off. And I I, I hope it works out. I hope Atlanta figures something out. But yeah. I mean, he is 6'2", 180. I mean, uh, we've seen players smaller than that succeed in the I'm NBA. Listed six two. Yeah, we were having a, yeah. a funny well, yeah, argument. okay. Yeah. yeah, we were having a funny argument at work the other day about how tall Steve Nash actually is. Yeah, and I think I'm like five nine. I give myself five nine. Okay. Steve Nash was like a little bit taller than me, <laughs> and I'm being dead serious, right? Yeah. Like Steve Nash, he's taller than me. Don't get me wrong, but like, come on, man. Well, I always love that Allen Iverson is six two. Yeah. 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 Allen Iverson is barely taller than me as well. Right. But anyways, uh, let's keep this moving here. Let's keep it going. And we're going to the sixth pick overall in Mo Bamba going questions, to questions, the questions. Orlando Magic. And Q is already shaking his questions, head. Questions, questions, so I'm going to start with Q here. Q, what, what's wrong with Mo Bamba going toward the Orlando Magic? I have no problem with him going in that area. Okay. But. You have uh, Vucevic. Vucevic, yep. Who is more of your offensive big man. Okay. And he's he's put in, he's 15 and 10. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Bismack. Yep. 
making seventeen million. Yep. yep. And he's your defensive guy. So now you're bringing in a, a at the number six pick, and you're the Orlando Magic. And Jonathan Isaac, they drafted. And last they year. drafted yeah, John. And they drafted Jonathan Isaac. And Aaron Gordon probably is a power forward that they play at small forward. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, fine. You have all these guys. <laughs> Who's giving them the ball? DJ Augustine? <laughs> you know what I mean? I Webby, what do you think of Mo Bamba, man, and the Orlando Magic? Uh, like, I think that Bamba, I, again, I had him talent-wise the second or third pick in the NBA. I don't know how you pass on a guy who's got the second biggest or the biggest wingspan now in the NBA. Somebody, 7'10 somebody, wingspan. Yeah, that doesn't crazy. even sound real. Who's just insane, and apparently in his workouts he was knocking down corner triples as well. And so if he ever learns to shoot a consistent three-pointer, I mean, he's going to be easily the best player out of this draft. I mean, that's a scary thought, this guy coming in. Now, I'm not sure what the Magic plan on doing, because Q, your abs, like, what are you doing? This is my same thing with the Kings. It's like, now you have four of the same player. Yeah. But again, here's the thing, and I'm glad you said that, Webby. It's almost you're, you're teeing me up for the alley-oop of the point I was going to make here. But again, exactly like the Kings, none of those guys are that good, right? Yeah. And like you have a new GM now in uh, what's my guy that came over from the Raptors? Weltman? Weltman's Weltman. now in Orlando, right? He's taken over in Orlando. So you have a new regime. So the Bismack signing, of course, he's familiar with Bismack, but he was – with the Raptors who didn't sign Bismack to that money and let him go, yeah. right? But he didn't draft Aaron Gordon. He's not tied to any of those other dudes, first off. And so, again, you have nothing in Orlando. So if you get to the sixth pick and you see Bamba, who a lot of people ranked higher than the sixth pick, right? And I'm with you, Webby. I had him as one or two as well on my draft board. I just did air quotes. Um <laughs> But if that's the case, and I'm sitting there to Orlando Magic, I'm not going to say, well, you know what? I can't take Mo Bamba because I have Bismack Biombo. Do you know what I mean? Like, Bismack is not stopping me from taking someone else. I'm going to take Bamba, and you know, I'm going to watch in training camp. And if Bamba's given Bismack the business, hey, it's Mo Bamba's time. Let's roll. I'm not, I think that's how you got to play it, especially I, when your I, team is that trash. You know what? And I, I, I fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's the same point we made with Sacramento. The difference is mm-hmm. those guys in Sacramento are on rookie deals making no money. So if they sit on the bench, that's a million dollars sitting on the bench. Whereas if Mo Bamba comes in and Mo Bamba is Joel Embiid and he's playing 30 minutes a game, yeah. now you have $30 million sitting on your bench. Hey, man, you you have a new GM and he's got to come in and clean stuff up anyways. I mean, if that's the case, that's the case. They'll probably try to move Bismack. You probably can't, but... I don't know. I, I, and I just, that's the thing. Is, is, is if it was somebody you could move and you're getting an upgrade, sure. Who's taking that contract? Yeah. What do you make of the Orlando roster, Webby? Oh, I, I, you got to do something creative with it. You got to find a uh, somebody who's going to be willing to take on some of those bigger contracts because I like their young players. I, I, you know, I really like Jonathan Isaac. He was hurt a lot of last year, but he's got all the talent in the world. I'm even pretty high on the evolution of what Aaron Gordon's been able to do kind of under the radar. And last year, he started finding some range as well. And and if you start to build around Gordon, Isaac, and Bamba, if he's as good as we all three of us think he is, I mean, that could be – those are really good pieces. Now you've got to find what you're going to do with some of these bloated contracts that you have. And if you can kind of, 
I don't know, find a find somebody who's willing to take on some money for you. Maybe you could do something, but honestly, you're the Orlando Magic, man. All, all you got to do is put some talent out there and see what meshes. Yeah, I mean, Bamba, there's just too much with Bamba that, like, and maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but, like, there's too much out there with Bamba where, you know, people are saying he could be defensively Rudy Gobert but can shoot threes. Yeah. And I know those videos, we're watching Instagram videos of him shooting practice shots, but the point is, I think more so, is that he's working on those shots. You know what I mean? And once you're working on those shots and you take a summer and decide, hey, this is something I want to do, maybe that can be a part of your game. But already he can be a defensive force in the NBA at this point of his career right now, right? He, uh, the people kind of worry about his motor a little bit. Does he, you know, you know, and, and that's yeah. not something you want to hear at all. Definitely not. But also maybe him going to a training camp against all these other bigs that now will be all hungry trying to get minutes. Maybe that will force him to be a little bit better. The other thing I wanted to mention too, is that he's being mentored by Emeka Okafor. Right. And I think they're both from, I think they're both like Harlem, New York guys, Harlem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's being mentored by Emeka Okafor, who's a good, solid pro, you know, probably didn't have the career coming out of UConn that people wanted him to have, but he still had a solid career, so, super yeah. smart guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like that. I like that for Mo Bamba. I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I hope that much like my hopes for Trey Young in Atlanta, I hope Atlanta doesn't waste him. I hope Orlando doesn't ruin Mo Bamba either. I think that, I think that's the thing with a lot of these teams that are like perennial top five uh, draft uh, selectors mm-hmm. is losing gets to you. Yeah. yeah. All right. For so sure. it, it's it's fine if you got a spot, but I mean, you know, after four years and their contracts up, do they really want to be there if if you if you have not shown some progression? For sure, definitely. Uh, Webby, I'm going to toss the next one up to you. So at number seven, the Chicago Bulls took Wendell Carter Jr., 6'10", out of Duke. What do you make of that pick, uh, Webby? It shows me that Michael Porter's back is really screwed up. I, I think that, you know, whatever the Bulls saw in the medical that was released from Porter that they get as – Or what they didn't see, Exactly. Right? I mean I, – it probably left them scrambling. Now, I, Wendell Carter, I thought Carter or Knox would have fit pretty well with the Bulls. And so, you know, you take your pick. But uh, if Wendell is kind of what he was at at, at Duke there, uh, that, that's a pretty good tandem with what Laurie Markkinen kind of showed you showed you last year. They They could be a badass duo down low. A solid duo, right? Because Wendell Carter Jr. at 6'10", but he's super bouncy, super yeah. athletic, great athlete. He's that rim runner kind of guy that'll finish well around the basket. And Wendell's more you know, like uh, almost uh, more prototypical center. You know, can do can fill a lot of the gaps that Laurie uh, uh, leaves open with the athleticism and, and stretching the floor a little bit. Yeah, and he can, he can even shoot the ball a little too, right? Like he he's a pretty solid pick. And again, kind of with what we were talking about with Bagley, another Duke kid, right? And yeah. so, you know, he was supposed to be the guy going to Duke, right? And then Bagley signed on after. So he kind of got overshadowed at Duke a lot last year, but he's still a very solid player. And I'm interested to see, you know, what ends up happening with him going to Chicago. Because I think Chicago has a lot of interesting pieces that if they – Yep. Figure things out. That's an interesting place. I'm, I'm, they're not 
ready to be a playoff team yet, like a legit playoff team. Like they might sneak in or something like that. You know what I mean? Because the bottom of the East might still be junk. But they got a lot of interesting pieces in Chicago. I like the pick of Wendell Carter Jr. for sure. And he's also a guy that there are a lot of people that watched Duke last year that think that Carter might be better than Bagley. I saw that a lot, you know, so interesting stuff there. But let's kind of let's try to keep things going here. Unless you had something. Do you have something on on uh, Carter? Or uh, the, okay? the only thing I was going to say about guys from Kentucky and Duke and the, those one and done schools is a lot of them leave school as freshmen mm-hmm. because of that next class that's coming in. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so it's like Wendell Carter sitting there like if I go back to school, am I going to play over Zion Williamson? Yeah. You know, so that kind of. uh Throws me off a bit with the Kentucky yeah, and, and the one and thing though too that's though weird. is Wendell Carter's a smart dude. I think he turned down Harvard to go to Duke or something, something like that. Like a really smart guy. So you're absolutely right. You know he's smart enough to know that once Zion comes in, his playing time's going to go down. So you may as well take the payday now. Zion and RJ, yep. shout out to Canada. Um, but yeah, let's keep it moving. And a bit of an interesting pick here at number eight. As the Cleveland Cavaliers, as they kind of sit in this middle ground waiting to see what LeBron James does, but they go out and they take Colin Sexton out of Alabama. And mm-hmm. I talked earlier at the start of this, right, about how I didn't understand why this the top of this draft was focused so much on traditional big guys when the majority of the league and what's winning, it's perimeter-oriented. And I'm not saying that Colin Sexton is going to come in and be like, you know, a Russell Westbrook or something like that right away. I'm not saying that by any means, but I want to get one of these go-getters on my team. If I'm looking at this, he's going a lot higher than eight. And I love this pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's a go-getter. He's someone that's not afraid. I mean, we saw the moment earlier, Webby, remember we talked about this earlier in the year when the weird situation where they ended up only having, what, three players? won the game. Yeah, yeah, and he, and was he had 40 busy. points, yeah. He was getting busy, and they were playing three on five, right? Yeah. Like, this is just a gamer, and I, I, I have a soft spot for those dudes. Those, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know I love Russell Westbrook. So based off that, it's just I love those dudes that you, you're not questioning their effort. They're go-getters. They're hungry. They want the competition. I mean, even when he got drafted tonight, he's saying, yo, LeBron, stay, right? Yeah. I want you to stay. I like that. I think that's super dope, right? Uh, Webby, what do you make of Sexton? Absolutely, and what I love, too, is that on that Alabama team, he was literally doing it all. You brought it up, the five-on-three game. Everything that Alabama needed throughout the year and making the tournament and advancing as far as they have in, in like, 20 years, I mean, it shows you that you're right. He's a gamer, and not only that, but – you know, I think that even if LeBron leaves Cleveland, this is still going to be a great pick. And if LeBron stays, Colin Sexton's going to be able to play with LeBron. So it's really a win-win for the Cavs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely think I definitely I applaud it because I know LeBron's LeBron, and I know you're going to look at me. You already look at me like I'm a LeBron hater, but you, you can't. You, of course, but you can't. You can't. You can't. Are you really going to let him just handicap your team no. year after year after year? This pick works. This pick works whether LeBron stays or LeBron goes, like you said, right? Because mm-hmm. he comes in, he's he's a defensive point guard. He might not be the the, the shooter that you want to play with LeBron, but he's not somebody who you're going to have to say who's who's a point guard that needs the ball in his hand. He can play off LeBron. 
He can play with LeBron. He can affect the game in different ways. And yeah. if LeBron leaves, you now have your point guard of the future. So yeah. I, I like the pick. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it moving here in the New York Knicks. And I hate that they had that stupid kid with the Porzingis jersey again yeah. at the draft. Yeah. Lame. But, and and yeah, super lame. It played out. But the Knicks take Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. And Knox is one of those guys that I was just talking about. I'm more focused on getting one of these guys that will get busy on the perimeter. Those are the guys that I'm trying to get. And he's 6'9", which again means you're out on the perimeter. You can switch screens easily. You can knock down shots. To me, that's what the NBA today is. And that's where it's going to go more so in the future. Because I feel like big men are just going to only keep continuing to have these guard-type skills. And if you get these 6'9 guys like Knox is, I think it'll be he'll be pretty good. And he's going to a very good coach in Fisdale mm-hmm. and... You, you touched on it a little earlier, Q, with the, the Duke and Kentucky guys. And Calipari might not, his strength might not be developing his players, right, Webby? That might not be the, the focus of what Coach Cal does. But with that said, I like Knox's, uh, Knox's versatility as an offensive player. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot three. He's nice. Do you like this pick for the uh, Knicks, I Webby? really do. I mean, short of Doncic, this guy and the versatility that he shows with his size and what he can do is, is amazing. The other great thing, just like Doncic, Knox, I don't think he's turned 19 yet. You know, he's going he's gonna to be a sponge for Fizdale. And how great is that going to be, too, for him to learn a year for when Porzingis comes back and the Knicks have a little bit more fle- flexibility in what they want to do with their roster, Knox and Porzingis uh, could be trouble, man. That, that, I, I really like the pick. And if he can show some flashes in his rookie year, that could be a really bright future for him. Yeah, exactly. And he, he played out of position, too, at college, right? Yeah. And that's what happens a lot, too, when you end up going to these big-time programs with a lot of these one-and-done guys to make all these all the high-talent fit and have everyone get their minutes. Sometimes you end up playing out of position. And, you know, Kentucky really didn't sort things out until around January where they shifted their lineup. Uh, what's my guy from Mississauga? Uh, Alexander. SGA. SGA, yes. They moved him into the starting lineup as a point guard. They yeah. kind of shifted things around, but then they really kicked it into high gear after January, and I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about someone that's raw, but I like Knox's game. He will improve his three-point shooting because I think his his stroke is just that nice that you have no choice but to improve it, but I really like this pick by the Knicks, and it's very rare, (laughs) very rare rare over the years that I've been able to say I like that pick by the Knicks, but I I like it. The good sign is is that the the fans booed the pick. It seems like every... Yeah, whenever the Knicks boo the pick, you know it's probably a good draft pick. It's probably a good draft pick. They were chanting that they wanted Michael, uh, Porter. Michael Porter Jr., right? And it's like, how can you be that sold on Michael Porter Jr. when he's not giving up medical records? And so yeah. if I'm a team and I'm not getting your medical records... So he, was, he wasn't the one that wasn't giving up the medical records. He gave the, he was he was giving those up. Oh, he gave his he medical records up. Up. It, was, it was... I think it might have been Doncic. That didn't give up the Who was it? Oh, it was someone else team. near yeah. the top. Yeah. I think it might have been Jared yeah. Jackson, too. But anyways, I mean, I don't know. I like the pick. I think I'd rather take Knox because at least I know he's healthy and I'm not worried about his back. Like, you're an NBA basketball player. And if you already have back problems at the age of, you know, before you get into the league, as much as, you know, as much as Porter continued to fall, I'm like, ooh, I like the risk. I like the risk. I like the risk. The Knicks need dubs. 
They don't need, they need more of a dub than a risk at this point. So I like that pick. But let's go, Webby. I know you're excited about this one, but it was a little drama here with your Philadelphia 76ers, right? Well, before we right? even get to it, Q, your boy, the big, the yeah, big I German, just want to he just went to the Lakers. Wagner going to the Lakers. I like that pick, actually, to tell you the truth. Future teammate of Whoa, LeBron? Is, wow. that, is that what happened? <laughs> Guten Tag. I went there. I went there. But let's get back to your oh. Sixers, Webby. Uh, very, very controversial. As everyone's talking about how they wanted to take Bridges, obviously yeah. Villanova, obviously yeah. two-time national Mom's champion, a human resource lady for the team. Yep, yeah, mom works for the team. They take them. They have the moment. They have the great interview, and then the Woj bomb occurs that they've traded the pick. They I traded him to I don't Phoenix. Understand. I don't understand why. I it, it, like I, like. Zaire Smith, I think he's a great defender, but I think that what Bridges maybe lacks a little bit in defending, like I still think Bridges was an awesome defender last year and exactly what the Sixers needed, an outside shooter, somebody who can spot up and knock down the three. You give up that offense for a little bit more defense with Zaire, and I'm really confused. I mean, they really must think that the Heat's, first round pick in 2021 is going to be top it's going to be around the top because i don't understand this move at all the other thing too i just think that with bridges he could have been a three and d guy that could step in to the lineup like right now right like he could give them minutes next year and i think i thought that would have been a super important part in whoever they were picking and you'd want a little more from that pick than you know just someone who is known as a defensive guy bridges can shoot right like again my whole thing my message i'm gonna repeat it multiple times my whole message from this draft is i'm taking guys who are three and d shooters right versatile six seven six eight guys that can switch screens knock down a three and that's bridges and you know he has big game experience again back-to-back national champion we You'll have a lot of people, and Webby, back me up here, that will say that he was probably the best player on Villanova. For the for the Brunson, season, right? for sure. For the final four, it was DiVincenzo. But for the season, Bridges was was the guy. And not only that, you talk about the, the 3 and D. There's nobody more prototypical for what you're talking about in this draft than Michael Bridges. But I got a little bit of you – you want some conspiracy theory here? Okay. So when Colangelo was going through – uh, what he was going through with the burner accounts. Obviously, some somebody who drew his ire was Brett Brown, right? So the rumor was was that the Colangelos wanted to fire Brett Brown and hire Jay Wright. Oh, yes, okay. I did read that, so, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Brown okay. picks Michael Bridges, Villanova, a player who played under Jay Wright, to the Sixers, only then to trade him away to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah as a, i mean that's a that's a high level troll game i mean there what are I mean, levels as as meek said there are levels to this but also i mean can we really write anything out and say like nah that can't be possible after we're the, discussing a team and exactly. where their their president and general manager had to step down because he or his wife were making burner twitter <laughs> accounts to diss the prior regime and to diss his former franchise leader like so hey anything is possible i guess right <laughs> yeah let's keep things moving uh number 11 we had the hornets 
take Shy Gilgis Alexander out of Kentucky, but then trade those rights to the Clippers. Solid pronunciation, uh, by what the way. Do you Solid make... pronunciation on the name. <laughs> I, I think. I hope. I don't know. Shout out to Mississauga. Hamilton. Is that where you're from? Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, the Hamilton. He said, kiss yes. me where it smells, so I drove her to Hamilton. <laughs> uh, how do we like this move for the Clippers? Q. Uh, what do you what do you make? I thought uh, the let's, same let's thing start too, here because Q. you know what? When I heard the trade, I was like, yeah. Uh, really? It's one of those things where I found it weird that the rumors popped up earlier this week as well that the Raptors are trying to get in to take him as to take SGA as well. Right. And I was kind of like, okay, I like Kentucky. I took in a lot of Kentucky games. Solid player, but I don't really know the hype machine around it. You know. Didn't really get it. The more and more draft stuff I read and took in, there were people that were saying they thought he might be the best point guard in the draft, which I don't really know if I agree with either, right? Just because I think I'd rather have Trey Young on my team. I'd rather have Sexton on my team. Like, it, it was just an interesting... I don't know where the hype machine came from, to, to yeah. be honest. You know what I mean? A solid player, but I'm not that hype up about him. So I remember when the rumor came out about Toronto, and I remember hearing somebody say, where do you think these rumors come from? So if Mas- even if Masai was trying to get into the top 10 mm-hmm. to pick Shy, yeah. is he going to tell a team in the top 10, this is the guy I want? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to say, I want this pick, yeah, but he's not going to yeah, say, yeah, I yeah. want this pick to draft this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, for sure. For sure. Very with that. Point. With that being said... I'm waiting for Toronto to make some type of some type of splash. I think Toronto needs it. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we're taking a lot of L's lately. Leafs took an L. Raptors took an L. Even yeah. Drake's taking Jays. L's. Jay, Jays have taken <laughs> a lot of L's so far. Yeah, we're yeah. just taking a lot of L's. So I'm I'm hoping that there's there's something that happens. I don't before think the so. End I mean, I, I feel like we would have seen it already. Yeah. You know, like. At this point, it's going to be you're going to trade into the back end of the first round or something, yeah, or maybe the second round. Like, probably not. I don't. Know. I thought I'm not S- really seeing anything. I that thought makes SGA me that was the guy that they were going to make a move for. I thought that they were going to trade somebody to get into the first round to take him. Uh, you know, whether it was Lowry or you know a, a, a combination of maybe Siakam and somebody else to try and make their way up, but. I don't know, man. With him going to the Clippers, though, I actually do like it because he'll play well with Lou Williams. And and, and right? Beverly, too. Yeah. 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 Good guy to learn under for sure. So I'm just going to race through the last few of the lottery here. Miles Bridges went to Michigan or from Michigan State, uh, went to the Clippers. That pick was traded to Charlotte. Um, no sense. No sense. Yeah, no sense, sense at all. No sense. <laughs> I don't know what Charlotte's up to. But uh, at 13, uh, the Clippers took Jerome Robinson. And then at 14, we'll spend a little time here. The Nuggets get Michael Porter Jr. That's where he falls down. And, and you know, I think this was a very interesting guy to keep an eye on throughout the night just because there's so much rumors. This was a guy that was probably, if healthy, a lot of people had – as being he's, one of the top picks in the he's draft. He's number one. But he ends up falling all the way to 14. Webby, I'll start with you. Michael Porter Jr. to the Nuggets. What do you think? Uh, it's steal of the draft. If he if he's healthy, uh, to to join a team that was, what, 46 wins last season? Yeah, they're a game a, out of the playoffs. He, he puts them in the playoffs. Yeah. 
Not, and, and he joins a young team that's starting to grow together. I thought we saw a lot out of Jamal Murray last season. Obviously, Jokic is nasty. Gary Harris is really good. And then you add the talent of what Michael Porter has as being like the top high school recruit going into university. If that back is not a problem, the Nuggets are trouble for sure. I, I, I think, you know how we always put the emphasis on, on the GMs mm-hmm. and making bad picks? I think if Michael Porter Jr., if his back is okay, there's a lot of doctors who are not going to be working for NBA teams next year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I, th- I just think his talent is at a level where I mean, he, he, he was guaranteed. No, he was number one pick. If he played. If he played the yeah. season. And if, it, if he didn't have a back, the, the back injury. If it was like a, a broken wrist or something, yeah. he's number one pick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I think and I think I was going to mention this earlier, but we didn't want to bring him up till now. But I think he's the reason why we're seeing we're seeing seven footers going number one is because he wasn't there. He wasn't there. You're, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I mean, he is the epitome of what I was talking about throughout the whole night of this podcast. My whole focus of the draft. Another, and he's six eleven, yeah. right? But you know, these long, athletic wings that can shoot the ball and get their offense going. To me, that's what the NBA is. That's what the NBA is today. That's what the NBA is now. And, you know, I was kind of crapping on Michael Porter Jr. earlier on at that spot, right? Earlier Mm -hmm. on at the 5-6 spot, saying I wouldn't take him because of the back's trouble. At 14, and if I'm the Denver Nuggets, a team that's already really, really good, like pretty good in a solid spot, that is a great risk for the Denver Nuggets. A great move by them. I hope it works out because, again, he fits in perfectly alongside Jamal Murray. They got building blocks there. They got a good organization. And got Millsap. As, as Webby yeah. pointed out, uh, our boy Earl Boykins talking about they could have LeBron too. They could have LeBron <laughs> <laughs> if things work out a certain way, yeah. <laughs> which is a, a whole other story. But, yeah, great pick. Michael Porter Jr., a, versati- a versatile scorer, can shoot off the dribble, can hit the threes. He – I hope he's healthy because you don't want to see a kid's career go down due to injury before he even gets a chance in the NBA. You yeah. know what I mean? And we were robbed of watching him during the college season. And Webby, I know you're a huge UNQ, both huge college basketball fans. But, you know, we were kind of robbed of not seeing him in college and seeing Missouri last year, right? Right. I think we got like eight minutes of him in university ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 pulled a, he pulled a Hayward. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – so, I mean, that pretty much will wrap up the lottery. There's a couple other interesting guys I guess we'll mention. We mentioned Dante DiVincenzo going to the Bucks. I think that's super interesting. Lonnie Walker was a lot higher on a lot of people's draft boards, but he falls to the Spurs. Unbelievable you know, that the Spurs get Lonnie Walker. I think Don't that, the Spurs uh, always do this, though? They always, <laughs> like, the rest of the NBA hasn't caught on yet. That they, just, they just eat what everybody else doesn't yeah. see. How do you how, how do you let Lonnie Walker fall to San Antonio? Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, right? It's crazy, and of course we mentioned that Grayson Allen to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> That's amazing to me. It's like, of course he went to the Utah yeah. Jazz, right? It just makes too much sense. Oh man. NBA the draft. other thing that's been uh, making the rounds, too, is so uh, one of the games, I know it's tough to keep them all straight, but one of the games that Grayson Allen tripped somebody was against Louisville when Donovan Mitchell was playing for them a couple of years ah, ago. Ah, okay. And so, and so there was – and they had a little bit of beef. 
And then uh, they just showed, I guess Donovan Mitchell was on the broadcast when the Jazz selected Grayson Allen, and he ran right up to the stage and hugged him. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. That's cool to see. Donovan Mitchell, one of the young bright stars of the NBA. Hopefully Grayson Allen can give them something. I mean, Grayson Allen, if anything, is entertaining, yeah. right? Love him or hate him, you feel something about him, well, right? But so, they're just putting shooters around Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully that works out. But uh, anything else from the NBA draft you guys wanted to bring up? Uh, Trey Young, why are you wearing shorts? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, you look, I you forgot look... about that. We started the pod with that, Webby. I'll let yeah. you go. Go, Webby. What do you Trey, make of the shorts, Trey Young? You look like Angus Young from the uh, ACDC. You look like you're going to private school in England with your shorts and blazers. <laughs> he saw LeBron rocking yeah. it, and it, I bet you he thought he was going he, to the Cavs. He thought right? he was going to the Cavs. Yeah, that Tell was the thing. Big up though to DeAndre Ayton. Did you see his uh, the inside of his jacket? I did not see the inside so he, of the jacket. So he had the, ba- the Bahamian flag, the Jamaican flag, and the Nigerian flag. Repping. I like it. Yes. I like it. Uh, since we're on DeAndre Ayton, I guess now would be a time to mention DeAndre Ayton and Begley and Jay-Z <laughs> making a lot of moves. Puma. Puma getting back into the basketball Don't game. Don't forget Rudy Gay. In a, hold on. Rudy Gay's on <laughs> Puma. Sign Rudy Gay. What? <laughs> Rudy Gay signed. What did that happen? They signed Rudy Gay. I it totally was yesterday. That. that is amazing. Puma getting into the basketball wave once again, signing Aiton, Bagley, and Jay Z being announced as a creative director of Puma. What do you guys think? Are you guys going to be rocking Pumas next year? Webby, I'll start with you. Hell no. <laughs> not since. Not since. Do you remember when? Uh, was it Puma when Vince first came yeah, on the scene? It was Vince, yeah. yeah right? It was definitely Puma, Vince. And then he sued them because the shoes were messing him up or something, right? Or no, they sued him because he wasn't wearing the shoes. He had to pay – I wrote it down and I can't find it now. But I think he had to pay like 12 mil or something like that to get out of his Puma deal yeah. when he when he went to Nike. That's what it was. That's what it was. No, I'm not going to be wearing Pumas. Get the fuck out of here. I love Jay-Z, okay? You know if what you know I me, think? You I know think I love Jay Z. You got to see the shoe. You got to see, see the, the shoe, shoe first. I can't. I can't see I, you're right because you you guys do know I rep Jay Z hard. Those shoes got to be fly <laughs> AF for me to be rocking those Pumas. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I mean, and the Celtics I, win again. Did they Celtic, pick the kid from A and M? Yeah, Robert Williams, oh. Celtics got him. Again, like the, you're the Sixers. You pass on Robert Williams, a, a great backup for Embiid, for the, the Shamay kid from Wichita State. So, uh, <laughs> they better sign LeBron in the offseason. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> a good time to bring up, Webby. It's like a great segue. The LeBron rumors are hijacking the NBA, and I guess it's weirdly linked to Kawhi Leonard, who the story came out that Kawhi Leonard – says it started with Chris Haynes who says Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio followed up by a Woj bomb in which Woj says Leonard has Los Angeles preferably the Lakers at the center of his preferences for trade destination what do you guys make of the crazy rumor season that we're gonna have basically from now until just after July 1 when all these things LeBron I guess makes a decision I feel like he's a first domino what do you guys make of this Webby uh, I think that hell will freeze over before the Spurs will trade Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. 
will never happen. Pop has already said he was he will not deal with the Lakers. No, nah, there's no way they'll let him walk in a year, even if he refuses to play a year. You know, they'll they, they they're not going to trade with the Lakers. They're not going to do that. I'm trying to find the tweet now, but Ramona Shelburne, who is plugged into the Lakers, right? Like she has like legit sources within the Lakers who I assume all the time is Jeannie Buss because she wrote like 10 million Jeannie Buss stories when that whole drama was going on with the Buss family yeah. in terms of who's going to take over. But uh, she tweeted earlier today, why can't I find it now that I'm looking for it? Of course, that's how it works, right? Like now that you're, I'm actually looking for the tweet and I saw it earlier, I can't find it. But she essentially said that, oh, I found it. Within the last week, the Lakers contacted the Spurs to discuss a Kawhi Leonard trade. As one source put it, quote, they basically shut the door on us. Yeah. Close quote. So, yeah. Ever, that, ever since they got Pau Gasol, yeah. Pop will not deal with the Lakers. <laughs> Nor should he. Ah. Uh, so where where does Kawhi go? Because this is the weirdest situation ever because we're dealing with a top, what, three to five NBA talent, but we literally know nothing about Kawhi Leonard. We yeah. don't know anything about his personality. Correct me if I'm wrong, Webby, to know if he wants to be the man or if he wants to be the Robin or we don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard other than he wants out of San Antonio and probably wants to go to the Lakers, but we don't know if that could happen. And, it, and, we he's, don't know. and he's real good. Yes, yeah. we know that. We know that. Where do you want to see Kawhi Leonard go, Webby? The Sixers. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. So where do you want to see LeBron go? When? I, well, I know it's tough to get both of them, but <laughs> I guess number one is LeBron. Number two is Kawhi. If we can't get LeBron, we may as well go after Kawhi. No, honestly, I, I, I'd like to see Kawhi. Uh, wouldn't it be a great story if after this year, I, I, the year that he's had, the tumultuous uh, relationship that he's had with his, not just his coach, but with his teammates and the city of San Antonio as well. If he came back this year and played his ass off for San Antonio and just increased his value so much, and then when it came time to uh, become a free agent, signs a max deal with San Antonio. But he can sign that. He can sign the max deal now. Yeah. He can sign the two hundred million dollar the super max deal now. Right, the, with the Larry Bird rights or whatever. Right, because he they drafted but, it. Apparently, he met with Pop over the last couple of days and told Pop to his face, I'm not coming back. Yeah, Ooh. so I mean, it rumors, rumors. I haven't heard out the man's mouth, but it, that's that's what well, is, that's the is thing. Being... We've, we've never heard anything out of Kawhi's well, mouth, exactly. right? Which but, makes it which is funny. Was, is, I know it's your hometown, but if you want to stay under the radar, the Lakers aren't the place to do that. But that's the thing. We don't know if he does want to stay under the radar. That's just yeah, what we maybe. always assumed because he never talked. Right now, what about? Kawhi could no, be the biggest about, party animal out there. We have no idea. Yeah. What about the Clippers? Uh, that's what I was just yeah. about to say. Is they're they're the other team, but that'd be amazing if Pop just traded them to the Clippers <laughs> instead. Yeah, just to spite the Lakers. <laughs> that would that be would an amazing be my, move. My only my only thing is that I don't think the Clippers could present this an equivalent deal as the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, if they're if you're the Lakers and the Lakers are offering, let's say Ingram. I mean, it's over now, but offered yeah. like a high pick. Ingram, Kuzma. That's a tough thing to turn down if you're Pop, no? Yeah, but super yeah, interesting. But he's a, he's a crotchety old man. It doesn't matter if they offered him the world; he would still turn it down. I have a feeling. Uh, well, and I also heard that they're not sending him anywhere in the West, so that means he's coming east. And in that case, the Celtics can give you the best option. 
Now, what do would you, you now, give up Tatum or Brown Webby for Kawhi Leonard? Uh, I'd give up Tatum, uh, and I'd give up any. Oh, no, sorry, I wouldn't give up Tatum. I'd give up Brown, and I'd give up those two picks that I have: the Kings pick next year and the Grizzlies pick in two years. If that got me Kawhi Leonard, and then I had Kawhi, I had a chance to have Kawhi uh, Hayward, Tatum, and uh, Kyrie on the same floor at the same time, yeah, I'd be making that move. Can't wait to see how that plays out. But I guess the, the the place to switch gears here now is to go to the craziest LeBron rumor of the week, which this week comes – last week is Earl Boykins, right? Earl Boykins. This week it comes from former Cleveland Brown Josh Cribbs, who says, rumor has it, King James bringing Russell Westbrook to the Cavs. Guy. Guy. <laughs> now that's a ridiculous trade rumor. But I'm here for that. That's a thing. That's <laughs> all I'll say. I am here for that. Not a chance. Not a chance. But I like Josh. Of course, not a chance. First off, first off, that's forty million. We're, like, we're, we're, what are you taking from <laughs> Cleveland? That's worth. Hey, I'm just here reporting it. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reporting what Josh Cribbs said. I'm not reporting this to be true or facts or whatever. I I labeled the segment the craziest LeBron rumor of the week, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about NBA-wise is the Raptors. Doug Smith came on. No, no, no. This will be quick on this. Doug Smith came on uh, Tim and Sid and said that he doesn't think that both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan will be on the team come training camp. And so Now, uh, the draft is – the first round is wrapping up. The Raptors did not make a trade as far as I'm aware. Uh, do you think, do you agree? Do you think both those guys will be on the team come training camp? Or let me rephrase that. No, no, no. Let me get to the, the heart of this, Webby. Should both those guys be on the team come training camp? If you, Andrew Webster, were in charge, and not Bobby Webster, or whatever the guy's name is that we never Bobby see. Webster, it yeah. is Bobby Webster, right? That we yeah. never see because Masai's still in charge. So would you? is it Serge, Serge and Kyle? Nope, Kyle and DeMar was, is what he said. It was all three, if I remember correctly. He said, Kyle and DeMar will both not be on the team come training. Ooh, nah, no, I don't agree with that. I, I would say that Kyle, uh, probably of, of those three, I think Kyle's the most likely not to be on the roster come training camp. Then uh, then Serge and then DeMar. I, I really think that, 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 that Masai is going to do all he can to keep DeMar uh, on the Raptors as long as he can, unless like something comes up where the the deal is just too good, the the assets getting he's getting back are just too uh, tantalizing, should we say? But I think right now, uh, especially where Kyle is in his career, I think if Masai is smart, he's got to try and get as much value from him right now uh, as he can, because if not, uh, like after this year, that value uh, after every game this year, Kyle's value is going to go down. Super interesting. I totally agree. I mean, I, I just think that they need to make some form of changes just for the sake of it because we've seen what this this team can do. And Nick Nurse isn't going to be the change or the, you know, the change of the championship or whatever. So even the change, I think like this team has run its course in terms of where this core is going to take you. Yeah. So you kind of need to reshuffle before you're in next year, and you're not getting anything from Kyle, you're not getting anything from Serge, there basically would be expiring contracts after next season, right? So, yeah, it's interesting. If you're going to make that move, make it now. Yeah. I don't understand. Maybe it's just the Toronto media, but Kyle Lowry is not the 
Kyle Lowry, when he came here, was supposed to be this bulldog. He's a bulldog. He's a good defender. Kyle Lowry gets lit up by mediocre point guards every game. I think, you know what? I think he just aged. And back me up. Back me up. If, and I could be wrong, but he got banged up year after year after year. And you can't play that grinded out style and take charges every night. You can't do that consistently year in, year out. You're going to wear down at some point. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Kyle Lowry just wearing down. And it, it sucks to see because it's different from the bulldog that we got, right? Or the bulldog that you might remember, Webby, from Villanova, yeah. right? Yeah. It's tough to see, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, but, you know, there, there is that sentiment that wanted him re-signed, and we can't let him go, and he's the heart of our team, and da 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 And it just, it, 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 I, I just never seen it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Webby. If you're here listening to the Ball on Blast podcast, we're here telling you. Cannot give Kyle Lowry all because <laughs> you're going to regret it yeah. next year, which is now this year. And here we are. Um, but yes, let's just wrap up as we do every week with something a little different on the Ask on Blast portion where we talk a little something different. And Webby, last week we ended, you said you, you wanted to talk a little bit about Kanye West's album that came yeah. out, right? Yeah. And We'll start there, but obviously we'll get to because there was a lot of music that came out in the yeah. past week. But go on, Webby. I'll, I'll let you go. What do you think? Okay. Of well, we talked about how how much we thought of Push's album, uh, and it, honestly, it's probably it still right now holds up as my favorite thing to uh, drop so far this year, uh, Daytona. And I've been loving honestly uh, these shorter albums. You know uh, how I rail against these. Oh. Drake put out a 30-track album. It's like, oh, my God, like 25 of these are going to be trash. So seven seven tracks on an album is perfect. The Daytona was amazing. Ye's album started off, I was I was like, oh, no. Oh, that, that like, I love myself and I want to kill myself song. I was like, oh, Kanye, what are you doing, man? I wasn't. I wasn't but, bro, it. by the time Ghost Town hits... Like, that song has been on, like, pretty much constant repeat for me right now. That is some great, moody, like, like Yeezus style. Like, something that could have been off uh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I absolutely loved it. And honestly, with repeat listenings of Ye's album, uh, I've grown to like it more and more. Uh, I, I like the Kids and Ghosts, Kids See Ghosts album. I thought... Thought it was pretty good. I'm not the biggest Cuddy fan, and, and the Nas album I, I thought was uh, fantastic. But what's great about every single one of these albums that keeps coming out is that it's seven tracks. I'm I'm in. I'm out. I can listen to it in, a, in you know in a walk in a you know in under an hour, man. It, it's not like I'm dedicating all of my weekend to going through track for track what these albums have. It, they're perfect bite-sized morsels and you know what Kanye probably could have put all of these together in one big compilation record but I think these releasing them every week is is really good and uh, I I think it's really creative Uh, obviously it's not Kanye's best work I think we're kind of past that but uh, but I really like I really like the Kanye record for sure okay cute Thoughts on the the whole uh, so, Wyoming project from Kanye West? So, so scoop de loop de loop. Scoop, scoop de boop. Yo, the. Um, I don't really want to hear anything Kanye has to say at the moment. But, <laughs> but fair. He is a genius uh, producer. I'm a big Jay Z fan, just like you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be as big a Jay Z fan without some of Kanye's production. Oh, 
Okay. He he is one of my top five top five rap music producers for me. Yeah. So everything he release releases that he's put, put uh, done the production on. Yeah. Brilliant. So what do you? How do you rank the albums that just came out in terms of Kanye's album, the Kanye Cuddy, and the Nas album? Well, how do you rank those in terms of one to three? Uh, Daytona one. Nas oh, I, I didn't even mention Daytona. Yeah. Wow, that's Nas, bad yeah. on my part. Daytona I one. I apologize, Push. Daytona one, uh, Nas two. Um, I haven't heard all of the Cuddy. Okay. The, the, yeah. So yeah. I got. So I have to put the Kanye as ahead of that. Too. Yeah. I but love you. the Nas album. The Nas album is so good. It was such a breath of fresh air. It was funny. It came out on Friday, but it didn't actually end up on Apple Music until Saturday I want to say and I was cleaning I was cleaning up the house I was doing housework I had it on and as you said Webby because it's 21 minutes or whatever it is yeah. 24 minutes it must have I must have played it like five or six times in a row at least and it was just on in the background and I didn't even think to like switch it off or to put something else on or anything like that I was just rocking with it because it was just that nice right and and the Nas album I love Obviously, I'm still going to rep Daytona because I thought that was just incredible work from Pusha T, as always. But it was it was a good... Uh, I don't know if Kanye planned this, but to me, the ability to, to have Pusha T on one spectrum, Nas on the other spectrum, and what I mean by that is the Pusha T drug rap, mm -hmm. and then... Yeah. The Nas, like, conscious, like, he's saying something, you know? And to have those two things with the Kanye and Cuddy stuff in the middle, I don't know if they planned it like that. Yeah. They probably did, but it's an incredible work of art. And I love both albums. The song that Nas has, I have to mention it because I heard it first while I was editing last week's podcast. I put up the listening party that they were doing. Right for Nas's right. album, and the song "Everything" came on, and I was just like, "What is this?" Like that song is beautiful, and I don't mean to sound like a foss in any way, shape, or form right now. No, but I'm I'm being dead serious. That song is beautiful. I heard that, and I was like, immediately, I stopped what I was doing, and I rewound it. I was like, "What is this?" And then the album drops, and I had that song on repeat. The dream is awesome on it. Nas is just hitting your typical Nas bars. Kanye is like the old school Kanye on that track as well. The hook is beautiful. The song, like everything about that song. That I felt that song in my soul. Real nigga shit. I felt that shit in my like I was like, yo, he's he had something to say, and we know Nas is like as the generation that we grew up in, we know Nas has something to say. Yeah. And that was what we heard on that album. It was dope. Dope. You know, dope, what, dope. You know what it is, is is you know, we're all, you know, 30-year-old men now. Mm-hmm. And you remember at 16, this is where we got our knowledge from, right? <laughs> you listen to Jay-Z, you learned about things. You listen to, to Snoop, you learned about things. You listen to Nas, you learned about things. You learned, you listen to Wu-Tang. And it's great because, you know, if, if, if you just listen to radio rap, we're not learning anything right now. Yeah. There, there, there's not much Drake can teach yeah. me. Yeah. I'm older right. than him, right? <laughs> there, there's not much, you know, any, any, of the, any of the youngs can teach me, right? So it's good to put in a Nas and get some some brain food is what I like to call it. Yeah. It's, yeah, good, yeah. it's good to listen to some Jay-Z, 
like the now Jay Z and and still see something that you okay I want to aspire to that yeah and still have that and you mentioned Jay Z and I think we should end on this point here but then Jay Z and Beyonce dropped their album on Saturday and I mean to be honest it's a it's a more grown up album right like it's a, it's more of a Beyonce featuring Jay Z album mm-hmm. right. But that ape shit song bangs. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh, this sounds like some Migo shit. And then it came out, obviously, that they wrote the song and the reference track was on Twitter as well. But Webby, any thoughts on the Jay Beyonce or is that not the Jay? Are you like me and you're not really that interested in hearing the Jay-Z with Beyonce as much as you're just hearing uh, Honestly, I haven't heard it yet. I don't have title. Is it on Spotify yet? It's, uh, it it's should a, be on Spotify now. Yeah, yeah, I think on Monday when it ended up going on, on Spotify. Okay. And so Apple I'm Music. lagging behind, so I got to hear it. But yes, I'm not like I, – I, I, listen, I don't want the Bay Hive to come after me. And I know how uh, influential and how great of an artist Beyonce is, but – Come on, man. I want my Jay-Z album to be a Jay-Z album. You know, it's almost uh, it's almost unfair to, uh, to to tease me and say that Jay-Z has a new uh, album out, but it's a uh, half with Beyonce. That's Yeah, you, you respect the real royal family, but there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm a Jay-Z fan. I'm here for Jay-Z. Yeah. And I mean, side note, though, listen to Ape Shit Webby. That song, well, I mean, if you haven't heard it yet, it's going to bang for the whole summer. It's that kind of banger. It's a Migos track, except Beyonce <laughs> rapping. I'm in. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. It's it's a legit Migos track, but Beyonce spitting bars. Jay has a verse where, you know, he's giving his Jay shit, talking about how he turned down uh, doing the Super Bowl halftime show. The video is shot at the Louvre, first off, which is like the biggest, most gangster yeah. shit ever. Like, how do you get that? How is that possible? How much does that cost? How do you get that done? You know what, you know, That's you know, amazing. The video is so dope. You know what's mind-boggling is how you rent out the whole Louvre, your Jay-Z and Beyonce, and it's a surprise <laughs> to everybody. Like, <laughs> no, does, like in this, in, in, yeah, in this yeah, Twitter yeah, age, yeah. how did nobody know an album with Jay-Z and Beyonce was coming? Yeah. it's it's, it's You wake up Saturday morning and, oh, look, there's a new album out. Like, it, how does that happen? It's an incredible piece of work. As I said, the video is dope AS. The song is dope. Jay says, tell that Grammy you can fuck that over A shit. <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, I, like, I love it, man. I love my swagger, Jay. And, you know, as we know, Webby, because we've grown up, we've grown up on Jay. It's another one of those summers. Jay There's always got to give you a little something for the summer. Whether it's an actual Jay-Z song or record, or he's just a feature on somebody's remix. You know that when the weather gets yep. hot, he, he, he's got to throw something out there. And he did not disappoint at all on this track. So a lot of good music for you guys to check out. And obviously I'm hit us up. downloading it right now. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know how you feel about the music that we talked about and also about the NBA draft, of course. Hit us up as always because, you know, the music didn't disappoint. The draft didn't disappoint. So hopefully we as well did not disappoint either. Q. If people want to get at you, where can they find you? Uh, on all social media, my personal one is simply underscore just underscore Q. And, of course, as always, you see the hat, ddscaps.com and at ddscaps on all social media. Webby, where can the people holla at you, my dude? Twitter, Instagram, it's the same. It's awebster84. Uh, holla at you, boy. Come on. 
And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and on YouTube because we got videos, we got internet content for you, YouTube content. We're everywhere. Ball on blast. The takeover continues. Until next time, hopefully you enjoyed us talking shit about everything. And as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. See ya. You guys can say something at the end, you know? Oh, uh, totally space. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Boom, blast.